just for fun. I'm really nervous this morning. Um, <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's a joke for somebody else here. <laughs> Living the life within you. I, I named this next mini-series this because it's a piggyback from the previous one I just started, and I realized I'm taking a shift. And I want to begin with a fact that there is life within already. How do we live from Jesus in us? We have been learning for oh, 19 years. I forget how many years I've been here. I think I start year 20 in December. I think. I think this is the, I'm in my 19th. I think I'm in my 19th. Um, December 1st, 2003 is when I started. Um, but we've been learning about who we are in Christ the entire time and what that means. And it's continued to expand. We've expanded our terminology. We've ditched terminology that's become unhelpful. We found newer terminology, and it just keeps going. Christ lives in us. But how do we live the life? How do we live the Jesus life within us, out of us? And I believe the scriptures that we currently have offer a tremendous amount of wisdom and practical advice. I say the scriptures we have right now because there is discrepancy on which Bible. People say, I believe the Bible. Which one? What do you mean? There's only one. It's called the King James Bible. No, there is more than that. We have the Orthodox Church, which has, I think, the most books I think. And then the Catholic Church has a little less, and we have less in the, in the Protestant Church. So which one? And from which translation? So we can get all picky. But I'm saying that not to dismiss the Scriptures. Some people do that. They've been, they're, they're saying, well, look at all the problems. Um, let's throw away the Scriptures. They even say, let's throw away the Old Testament. We don't need it. Well, no, don't do that. You, if I can call us peasants, we're peasants. We can't decide that, <laughs> you know, and yet the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm trying to say there are people far more learned and skilled in the, the mastery of translation than we are, and I rely on the heart, tone, and writings of many, many others, and not just one teacher, multiple teachers, and growing and learning. There's enough history in our background that gives credibility to the scriptures. There's good news there. My, one of my favorite stories that kind of explodes uh, the Old Testament to a beautiful picture that there's meaning there's Jesus on the road to Amos. What does he tell the disciples? Anybody remember what, how they worded it? Or in your paraphrase, how would you say uh, what Jesus did in that, on that walk? Anybody have an idea? He explained the prophets and the law and everything in the Old Testament, how it pointed to who? Himself. If Jesus was doing that, don't throw away the Old Testament, even with all the flaws. Okay? It, it's, it's, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Are there complications? Yes! And the more honest you are, then you become more believable. If you try to say there's no errors, you got a problem. You're living in a bubble. 
I'm, I'm really serious. Yeah, in fact, I asked to join a certain Facebook group that teaches grace and be on a list, and they wrote back, sorry, I see you're associated with these and these and these people, and uh, you believe this kind of thingy, so no, we don't want any of that. It's like, but I teach identity in Christ. You know, like I thought, but they then went deeper. And went, no, 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 no. It's like, wow, talk about exclusion. It's the opposite of the gospel, inclusion. And we're learning that in our culture too, what inclusion means. And if it means that for our culture, guess what it means for scripture? It starts there. <laughs> I'm loving this learning and unlearning. It's painful, but it's beautiful. So, living the life within you. Let's begin with things that made me pause and ponder this week. i got to think three slides. First one. The spiritual seeker demanded, help me find God. The spiritual master responded, sorry, no one can help you there. To which the seeker asked, why not? And the master replied, for the same reason, no one can help the fish find the ocean. Where's the kingdom of God? Within. So is the life of God. I love this one. It's a thought that you're separate from God that creates separateness. It isn't objectivity, so I have never been separate from God, nor can I be except in my mind. Now, Richard Rohr is not the first one to say this, but he's making a point. He's speaking of the life within us. There's no such thing as separation from God. Objective, actual, just like those tracts that they used to hand out, which I used to do, Look, you're separated. Here's the, here's the hill, and you're here. There's a big chasm, and here's Jesus, and you can't make your own way, and then there's a cross that pops in there. You can cross Jesus to get over. That's false. The false part of that is there never was separation. It's the separation in your mind, the illusion. Adam and Eve were separated in their mind. They believed God was angry with them. But what did God do when they ate from the tree? according to the narrative. He came in just like every other day with his warm coffee ready. Doo, 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 doo. I got takeout. Where are you guys? Hello, Adam and Eve. We're hiding. What? Why are you hiding? Um, she did it. <laughs> it's as the narrative goes, right? God still went. He did not look at the external behaviors in fact, when he bumped into them, why are you wearing that? <laughs> they covered themselves with fig leaves or whatever. They covered themselves. And I said, we were naked. And God says, who told you that? Like, this whole idea, them thinking God's angry at them. And who were they covering themselves from, each other? And God? Like, can you see where shame enters this whole picture? Mindset. The sneaky little snake, however the narrative went, spoke to a lie that they were separated. You can become more like God. The lie was they were, they were already like God. They just weren't fully aware of it. Hmm. It was toxic. So this idea of separation, 
I know I get a lot of kickback, and mind you, none of the people that do give me kickback watch any of my sermons, so they won't hear this, thank goodness. But anything I post on separation, you know, false, wrong, heretic, you know, we need to talk, brother. <laughs> yeah, right. You won't even have a fun coffee with me or go out for a beer with me, and now you want to talk theology? Not a chance. I told that to one person a while back, and I can't believe how important it was I said that. I said, uh, you know, I thought we were colleagues. I thought we trusted each other. He says, I don't trust you. You know, until we go and have a beer together and learn to have a relationship and trust you, you're not my friend. Sure, we teach in ministry, to, different ministries, but we're not friends. It comes out of trust and conversation. There's a big difference. People don't know relationship. They come to church thinking showing up is relationship. It's not. It's a hidden bubble where you can hide sometimes. Well, except in the church this small. <laughs> can't, can't hide, right? <laughs> you get flooded with people saying, hi, who are you? <laughs> it's fun. But in larger churches, it's, it's not relationship. It's you having to go and invest and meet. And that can be really hard and intimidating, especially given all the personality types out there. It's not easy. Love this. Oh, relationships. One awesome thing about Eeyore is that even though he is basically clinically depressed, he still gets invited to participate in adventures and shenanigans with all his friends. They never expect him to pretend to feel happy. They never leave him behind or ask him to change. They just show him love. Okay. That's an important lesson for the church. In the church system I was manufactured in, <laughs> this is about changing everyone else to conform everybody into the bubble, to the statement of faith that's on the, on the front of the membership document to make everybody conform. And we're only to conform into Christ. The more you look like Jesus, that's truly a way to conform, but not into a system. Know the difference. So, how do we live this life within us? Um, I'm going to meme it today because I got more triggers. As I got going, I realized, now nah, I've shared some of these before, but putting them together and walking them through, I think you're going to experience some practical wisdom. May the Holy Spirit show you some really cool things if he hasn't already or she hasn't already. Let's begin with Henry Nouwen, though. I forgot about this. Being is more important than doing. Someone once said we're human beings, not doings. Really important. Henry writes, I suspect that we too often have lost contact with the source of our own existence and have become strangers in our own house. We tend to run around trying to solve the problems of our world while anxiously avoiding confrontation with that reality wherein our problems find the deepest roots, our own selves. In many ways, we are like the busy executive who walks up to a precious flower and says, what for God's sake are you doing here? Can't you get busy somehow? And then finds the flower's response incomprehensible. I'm sorry, I'm just here to be beautiful. 
how can we also come to this wisdom of the flower, that being is more important than doing? How can we come to create contact with the grounding of our own life? Let me rabbit trail back for a moment. We tend to run around trying to solve the problems of our whole world while anxiously avoiding confrontation with the reality wherein our problems find their deepest roots in ourselves. I heard, I, I cannot remember who said it, but in the last couple of weeks I heard somebody speak about different kinds of protests that come. And they have value. There's, there's worth and value to protests. But this individual suggested that while there is truth at the core of it, many who jump onto it, jump onto it to avoid their own confrontation of their problems and use that as the way to escape having to deal with personal self. Oh, that's not just in protests. That's in life. That's avoiding having to feel the feelings we need to feel that have never been dealt with. I've learned that in counseling. The need to repair relationships that need repairing, which means a contemplative humility, submission, recognizing you play a role in the game and repent, all that. I thought it was just a pretty powerful way to observe. I wish I could remember who it was. I'm going to begin our time with a Franciscan benediction. I know benedictions usually go at the end. We're going to do it at the beginning because it's going to trigger what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, we're in. Well, I guess we could end now, but no. You're paying me to 11, so I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> May God bless us with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that we may live from deep within our hearts. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of God's creations, so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, war, so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into our joy. And may God bless us with just enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in the world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done to bring justice and kindness to all our children and our neighbors who are poor. The reason I began with this is because the church needs to rethink the church. What is the church? I could have made that the sermon series, but I'm not. I think it's just going to come out in all things. Like somebody once asked me, why aren't you teaching on these key topics, some of them quite controversial? Well, I kind of do. I just sprinkle it in. I don't want to have one as a hobby horse because if love is not the foundation, then the hobby horse is, is a rabbit trail distraction from all the other stuff you've got to deal with. And I've been saying for the last four weeks, love is the foundation of all we are, our being, what we believe, how we live, and how we're structured. If it's not, it's a system. I thought this was quite powerful, which brings us to this. Michael Frost, who I really like, he's good friends with Brian McLaren, who also is a phenomenal thinker and writer and teacher. 
But here's what he says. What if there is no final one-size-fits-all blueprint for what a church meeting should look like? We can become obsessed with this discussion, constantly seeking what's our share, or sorry, what's, what shape our public meetings should take to attract more attendees and to ultimately more followers. What if we spent as much time obsessing about how to change our world, our city, or our neighborhood? He's on to something here, and it's not new. I think at Hope Fellowship, we've been talking as a leadership team about less programming. Look at what the programming that we do have and what's most important. We found out kids are critical. But we don't need to have all the extra programs. First of all, we don't have enough people to do that. What about joining a neighborhood Lions Club as they serve breakfast for, to raise funds for a certain needy thing, the food bank, whatever. Why can't we just go join them? Why reinvent the wheel? Why make, oh, I know why. Because most churches want to elevate their name and reputation in the community. It's true. We just do. I, I've done it. I, I know. Is there merit to it? Well, then, if there's merit, let, let the reputation grow itself. Quit trying to help it out. Because then it's self-promotion. Do, we have any, do you have any friends who love to self-promote or brag quietly on, online? And, and just it's all about self, self, self. Look what I've done. Look what I'm so good at this and blah, blah, blah. Um, or authors that often, you know, here, look at, here's a new book I wrote, blah, 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 blah. And that's okay. But when it's constant, 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 it's, it gets annoying. But you know people who love. I know the Still Growing in Grace program I do on Wednesdays. I've connected with people who are kind who have good hearts and share from a, um, a gentle perspective rather than a dogmatic and an, an arrived mindset. I like that. I want to be more like that. This next one's also good. Churches are essential. We talked about this in the, during uh, the beginning of COVID. We already knew that. When the faithful are scattered in every age due to persecution, disaster, or plague, We persist in worship and service, in sacrament and sacrifice, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, welcoming the stranger, being good news for the poor, being good news for the poor, working to free the captives and oppressed. Our highest and holy calling is to be the church, not go to church. We don't go to church. And culturally, fine, if you have to use that phrase, that's fine. But, we are the church. When a couple of us show up at baseball in the, the old guys' league, <laughs> uh, we call it the Huff and Puff League. <laughs> I need a smoke. I need a runner. Anyway, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's fun. I love it. I love my Thursday night gathering. To me, it's the highlight of my week. I get really sore the next day, and it's something to look forward to. But anyway, here's what I like. I meet the church there. I meet Brent, I meet Scott, I meet Kathy, as she's really loud on the sidelines. (laughs) And the trickle effect of meeting others. And there are believers there who don't profess to be believers. They don't believe in the system. That's the church. (laughs) Maybe church is a little bit different than we thought. In the church, 
It's filled with people who pray like this. And some of us are praying that this morning. Dear God, ah! Yeah. How many have prayed this prayer before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can send you these. You don't have to take pictures of them. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> there are two types of tired. One is dire need of sleep, and the other is a dire need of peace. Folks, peace lives in you. You are not separated from peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Where does Jesus live? In you, as one with you. You are one with Christ. Therefore, the full peace of the Trinity, the Godhead, is in you right now. It's your awareness of that peace, whether you choose to live from that peace within you or not. Because sometimes our external circumstances cause anxiety and stress, and, and we live reacting instead of responding, because responding takes practice. If you haven't practiced responding, you're going to react, and often it's not a good reaction. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once, it's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Whatever worry means to you, we're not called to worry as in making it an obsession. But I'm just concerned. I don't use the word worry. I'm just concerned for tomorrow. Uh, okay. If that's how you want to frame it, fine. Maybe pray this prayer. I love, love, love this prayer. We've got a couple of prayers, one at the end. The breath, or breathe, you know, it's breath prayer. Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. By the way, when we say fill me with your Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean the Spirit's absent and please come. That's, that can be really misunderstood. Do you remember last week we talked about don't be drunk with the wine but be filled by the Holy Spirit? The word filled means to be controlled by. Let's transfer that to this word filled because you can take this the wrong way and it's the absence of Spirit, please come. And Churches do it all the time. You ever remember some of the beginning of, of some churches, church services? Dear Lord, please come. Come, Holy Spirit, come be with us. Please, we, we're, we would welcome you. Please come. And God's going, where do you think I am? <laughs> I just, I just these, these fake prayers that may have an okay intent, but the more you think about it and realize, wow, we're purporting a lie to people. We're setting people up for faulty thinking, which is what this series is going to be about. I receive your love. Release my insecurity. I receive your joy. Release my unhappiness. I receive your peace. I release my anxiety. I receive your patience. I release my impulsiveness. <laughs> I receive your kindness. I release my indifference. I receive your goodness. I release my ungodliness. I receive your faithfulness. I release my disloyalty. I receive your gentleness. I release 
my severity. I receive your self-control. I release my self-indulgence. Beautiful artwork. And uh, did you know the word receive is pretty much the same as believe? (laughs) Believe. Believe. Believe love is there. Believe joy is there. Believe the peace is there. Believe patience is there. As you wake up and are aware of the incredible storehouse of gifts within you, those lies that have been hanging on, those, that list over here, they let go and they're released because truth pushes them out. It's beautiful. Check your battery. How are you doing today? Now, in church, we don't talk about this much because it's more about being spiritual. You know, it's, it's, we have to teach spiritual things, not this stuff. But I'm sorry, we are soulical beings, spirit beings that have a soul. However it's merged, I don't know where the line is. Self-care is important. We've turned Christianity into a doormat ministry, especially missionaries know that have to sacrifice their kids on the altar of Baal for the sake of ministry. Many have done it. It's awful. It really is. That system has to change. So where are you? Just being aware. I'm not going to read through this whole thing. But knowing where you are, you determine how you now respond and, and find ways to recharge. It's really important. Say, Pooh, why are you busy? I said, because it's a nice day, said Pooh. Yes, but why ruin it, he said. But you could be doing something important, I said. I am, said Pooh. Oh, doing what? Listening, he said. Listening to what? To the birds and that squirrel over there. That's perfect for me. Eh? Hey, look, a squirrel. But anyway, what are they saying, I asked. That it's a nice day, said Pooh. But you know that already, I said. Yes, but it's always good to hear somebody else think so too, he replied. (laughs) The pause. The chilling, relaxing. And and listen, it's hilarious that I'm actually reading this because I, I tend to fill my calendar really well, back to back to back with small gaps and stuff, but I need more of this. Seven cardinal rules for life. Make peace with your past so it won't disturb your present. What others, other people think of you is none of your business. Catch that line? What other people think of you is none of your business. Let that sink in. Time heals almost everything. Give it time. It does not heal everything. No one's in charge of your happiness oh, except you. Right. Don't compare your life to others. That's a big one. And don't judge them. You have no idea what their journey is all about. Stop thinking too much. <laughs> I saw a picture of this funny picture of this guy. Says, they tell me not to, not to think too much. And then said, but this is me. His, his head's on fire. He's like, thinking too hard. Overheating. Uh, stop thinking too much. It's all right not to know the answers. They will come to you when you least expect it. And I believe that. Smile, you don't own all the problems in the world. I love that. Pope John Paul said this, and I love this. 
We are not the sum of our weakness and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his son, Jesus. Christ in you. As you're recharging, if you're hitting that low where those last couple pictures were for you, this is the foundation. I have another one coming in a second. But your stuff going on isn't the issue. It's recognizing you are in the Father's love and you are deeply loved. When you are in the presence of love, you feel safe, empowered, energized, and cherished. Catherine Toon wrote that. And this is, this is incredible. When you are in the presence of love, you feel safe, empowered, energized, and cherished. Ooh, are we loving? Do we emulate this to others around us? I'll let you figure that one out. That's a good one. The never-ending, unfailing, unconditional love of God keeps no record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians 13. This is a line we forget. God is love. Keeps no record of wrongs. Humans do, and we're really good at it. But if you can know that Christ is in you and you can believe there is no record of wrong. You're forgiven. Imagine the peace. Imagine the peace that's already in you that can be expressed. Final prayer. Papa, the heaven and earth and all that is contained in them are yours. We are yours. In this time and experience of isolation, draw us near to you. May we feel your hug a little bit tighter and your love a little bit stronger. Thank you for this gift of technology to help us stay connected. It's another reminder of what can happen as we participate in your creative genius. We ask on behalf of those that are experiencing real physical, financial, emotional, and psychological suffering because of this disease, that, we, that they would experience your loving, sacred presence. I love us that would experience it. Guide and motivate us to participate in what bears witness to your great love for humanity. We are grateful beyond what our words can express. That you have included us in the life and love of your beloved son, which we are coming to realize is life in the very center of the communion you are. You are. Never to be abandoned betrayed or lost. Please continue to teach, guide, and comfort us in our struggle to know what our delusions are and then to reject them so that we might live more fully out of the truth of our being created by, in, and for the incarnate Son. <laughs> Can you say it together? Amen. I hope just one of those slides hit you today. It's an awful lot. It was like a whew, 
whole bunch of categories that could hit you. Next week, I want to dig into some practical steps on how we're wired in our thinking and stuff.